back to Bears Nation podcast. That's right. The prodigal son has returned. The Return of the King, a 2007 film that won almost won Best Picture. I'm back, your host, Jake Hassan, joined as always by Kevin Lapka and Chris Nano. It is Friday evening, and we are here to talk about a lot. Big news week, mini camps over. Some news from the Bears about uh, a subject that we touched on a couple weeks ago. So we're going to dive all into that. We're going to get into those subjects, break some stuff down for you guys, and uh, give you some really insightful conversations centered around your Chicago Bears. But first, let me welcome in, as always, Kevin Lapka and Chris Nano. And boys, it was a busy week to be a Bears fan. Let's talk about what Matt Nagy said this week. He went on, uh, what did he want? go on? Uh, Chris Collinsworth's podcast. Yes, yeah. Collinsworth. That's what it was. We wanted Chris Collinsworth podcast, and he said that Andy Dalton is the starter. Justin Fields will not start in week one. And boy, am I kicking myself for going back on what I was saying. Boy, am I kicking myself. Well, not yet, Jake. I, I didn't totally flip either, I guess, but I I, I did kind of. Um, nice. But no, not, not yet. To Kevin's point, things could obviously change. As of right now, Matt Nagy is saying that we should stick to the plan and stick to the Patrick Mahomes plan. And it before Kevin starts yelling about it, that yes, it's a different situation. And yes, Justin Fields is different from Patrick Mahomes. And yes, Andy Dalton's different than Alex Smith, so on, so forth, yada, yada, yada. Um, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised he's hammering this home. He, he wants to uh, set the precedent wants to set the, the bar early that Andy Dalton's going to be the guy. And and again, credit to Andy Dalton. Everything that is coming out, he's staying after practice to help Justin Fields. They're seeing the, basically attached at the hip at practice. I love it. I love that. Um, obviously, going back to uh, the previous situation, you did not see that from Mike Glennon and Mitch Trubisky. Again, different situation. Andy Dalton knows he's only here for a year. He might not even start the whole year, probably not expecting to start the whole year. But I mean, this is just something in my mind that Matt Nagy needs to say. He needs to make the rounds. He's got to say, we're sticking to the plan. We're sticking to the plan because you come out after minicamp and say, yep, Justin's the guy. Then I, I mean, you're kind of, you know, setting yourself up for failure. Listen, I, you can't really talk about it enough. He's, what he's doing is so cool just because I, I think he got so much crap uh, during the offseason, you know, undeserved crap, in my opinion. Um, but but mm-hmm. I, I just think it's so cool what he's doing. And, and you know, I wouldn't really expect anything different from from a veteran like him. Um, so, yeah, like I'm I'm more open to Andy Dalton starting for a little bit um, than I was like a few weeks ago, honestly. Wow. Yep. I'm 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 not at all. And I'll, I'll explain that real quick. I want to play you guys the clip from the podcast because the 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 quote that has made its rounds is Nagy physically saying, quote, there is no scenario where Justin Fields starts. But this was he that was a response to Chris Collinsworth question asking, is there any scenario? And he kind of listen, he kind he says no. And then he kind of retracts what he wants to say. I'll play it right here. Is there a possible scenario? where Justin Fields plays on opening night? No, I mean, Andy is our starter. And, and again, I can't predict anything, you know, that that's, you, you know how it goes. I mean, there's so many things that could happen between today and, and that week one, but that's Andy is our starter and, and Justin's our number two. And we are going to put, we're going to stick to this plan. So he says no, 
and then immediately says, well, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know. Anything's possible. You know, anything can happen. Like, you know, th- like this is Matt Nagy we're talking about here, guys. You know how, you know how, you know, strange and ambiguous he is in these press conferences, the way he responds to questions. Um, it seems like he kind of said no as like an impulse response. And it was like, well, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, you know, I, he's like, damn, I shouldn't have said that. I got to retract it by saying, well, anything's possible. But, you know, Andy's our starter. He trying to, he, he tried to mix every single possible thing into that statement. Like, okay, Andy's our starter. That's the plan. But like not saying there's no possibility that things could change. Like he, like people need to recognize that he said, well, you know, anything going to happen here, you know, things change, stuff like that. So you, if, if, if that wasn't in there, even if that was, even if that wasn't in there, like, I still don't, like, I'm not going to believe what's coming out of his mouth yet. I'm simply not because the way I see it right now is he has the ability to say this because he will not, he, there, there's nothing to prove that he's wrong yet because we've heard the reports. Okay. Justin Fields looks great. Uh, Andy Dawson with three interceptions. We don't have enough evidence that them two together, that Justin Fields has been the greater quarterback. There's not enough evidence, but once you start to get 10,000 people into Hallis Hall, who all have video cameras and cell phone cameras that they're going to use and post to Twitter. Once you have full access to the media, you, you, you're going to start not being able to hide who the better quarterback is. And that's going to really start to change the way he responds and the way he speaks about this because he can't just say, oh, you know, this is the plan and he's the guy, he's the starter. When you're getting pressure from people that Justin Fields is far, far, far and away the better quarterback in camp. So this is like... These types of responses, I think, you'll start to see change. As granted, you get the granted, if you're a head coach and you're letting yourself being bullied by fans on Twitter saying Justin Fields is the well, better it's quarterback, not just that. Regardless, Gee, regardless of if it's I, true or not, then yeah. you don't deserve to be a coach in the NFL. Yeah, I, I think, I don't know. I thought, um, you know, just seeing how, how Bears Twitter is right now, I, I think um, people are a lot more open to Andy Dalton starting than I thought they'd be. So I, I don't know if that pushback is going to come, Kevin. I, I think people kind of understand the situation that, I mean, he's still a rookie. You know what I mean? And, and he needs some time, maybe. Well, I think it's not just the fans. And I'm not saying the fans are going to be the ones necessarily, you know, deciding who's going to start week one. If that was the case, we'd put a poll out on Twitter right now and, it, you know, we'd be done with this conversation. <laughs> uh, and, but, you know, when, like it's, again, so Allen Robinson, Okay, this is a guy who has been frustrated with quarterback play his whole career. This so I, I truly believe and firmly believe the sole reason he is still here is because they drafted Justin Fields. The reason he's showing the training camp, the reason he's showing up and playing on a one year deal is because he believes they have a competent quarterback. You're gonna start to see, you know, more uh things like Darnell Mooney saying, I'm smiling when the ball is on the way to my hands. Right, is Darnell Mooney saying about that about Andy Dalton? No. Like this is you have to understand something. These players are in it, too. Like, these players aren't in it to see who's going to be the week one star. These players are in it to win and to win a playoff game and to be the best team they could possibly be. If they believe Justin Fields is that guy, then that in itself that in itself should have some pull. I mean, quite frankly, if you look back to last year, maybe as much as we may not, I may not have liked it, in week three, I had that sense that maybe there were some players in the locker room who felt that Nick Foles was the better guy for the team at the, at that moment. And I think that's I think that's a fair assumption to make and I think that those feelings from the players could have had a decision in that uh could have had an impact on that decision. So that's that's where I'm coming from when I say that. But the other thing too is like 
I don't know why people would be more open to it. Because for me, looking at this as binary, you either start in week one or you sit them all 17. And I've said this before, but what evidence do we have in NFL history that sitting for three games behind a quarterback like Andy Dalton is going to do anything for his development? Like, I really don't see a, a, a universe where Andy Dalton sits for, or, or where Justin Fields sits for three games, watches Andy Dalton, and is a tremendously better quarterback because he sat for three games his rookie season watching Andy Dalton. Like, if you really think about that, if you really break that down, what are we talking about here? Like, why in the world, why, why? What is three games watching Andy Dalton doing for Justin Fields' development? Like, can anyone answer that? That's fair. That's that's fair. I mean, I do think Justin Fields is better, but, I mean, like, what if... You know, I mean, there's still he. You know, there's still things in the NFL that I think quarterbacks have to learn. You know what I mean? Like the league is faster, the players are better. Like you know, we 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 talked about this with with the Rams defense. You know, they're they're ferocious. So, so this is a great point. This is a great point. They are ferocious. They're a great defense. But what? How? How does he get himself up to NFL speed to NFL level? That's sitting on the sidelines. How does? How does he? you know, get acclimated and get warmed up to that NFL style of play, that NFL speed by sitting on the bench. I, I get your point, Kevin, uh, you know, that trial by fire, of course, is obviously the preferred option for getting yourself up to speed, but let's not say that there's nothing to be learned. I mean, like Andy Dalton's a pro, he's a pro bowl quarterback. He's been to the playoffs, you know, Justin Fields. you know, Andy Dalton makes a great play or he, or he takes a, um, or he makes a mistake. You know, Justin Fields then has the opportunity and he's shown that he's this type of kid, this type of player where he goes up and says, all right, like, what did you see there? Like what, what's something there that, you know, bubble, you know, and Andy Dalton breaks it down for him. Maybe not that day, maybe not there. Um, but the next day in practice or something. And granted that could happen if Justin Fields was playing. And then the next day Andy Dalton says, Hey, like if I was in that situation, yeah, I would have looked for this and avoided that. So on and so forth. But my point being, it's not like sitting on the bench is a net zero for Justin Fields. Yeah. Let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. I, I think I'm meant to say, he would gain less sitting on the bench. And, and here's the way you, you talk about, you know, Andy Dalton doing great things. And even if Andy Dalton struggles, like learning from mistakes, but would you as a person outside of football in your life, anything rather learn from mistakes that you made about a specific thing or learn about or, or learn from mistakes that somebody else made? If you, if you think about that, you know, I, I follow the phrase, you, everybody does. I mean, it's a cliche thing. You learn the most from your mistakes, right? And that's a true thing. And those who truly do learn from their mistakes are the best people and, and, and get better at their, you know, jobs uh, or whatever they it, do. Uh, it, dep it depends on the stakes. Am I at work? Because otherwise, yes, I'd much rather watch somebody else make the mistake and then I can well, say, I'm not going to do that. Right. You'd <laughs> rather watch somebody else make the mistake, but you learn more from yourself making the mistake because you were in the situation. And because you made that mistake, you know, not, you know, how to not make that mistake the next time. Like he threw an interception in the red zone. He said, there's a 99% chance I'm not doing that again. He's not sitting there watching Andy Dalton throw interceptions and say, oh, okay, you know, now there's a 99% chance I'm not going to throw an interception. Like, he's learning from himself. The best way is to learn from yourself. And you can learn from others. Like, I'm not saying he, he can't learn from Andy Dalton, but the preferred way, I think, for most people, for me, would be to learn from your own mistakes, not from somebody else's. That's fair. That's fair. That, that's a very good point. And one other thing, too. 
as we talk about the sitting games thing, let, let's take the example that I've been using the past few weeks, and that's Justin Herbert, right? The plan for the Los Angeles Chargers was to have Herbert sit for, you know, God knows how many games. Same situation. You know, we don't know. We're going to have uh, Tyrod Taylor, who was the quarterback at the time, play as many games as he can until he starts to stink it up or until we feel Justin Herbert is ready. That was the narrative coming out in the week one, and Tyrod Taylor played week one. Week two, he or maybe he did this week one, he, he punctured his lung. And then Justin Herbert comes in, wins rookie of the year. Think, think, about, think about that situation. Think about that situation. And if, if the L.A. Chargers would have played the card of we're going to have Tyrod Taylor sit eight games. Heck, we'll have Tyrod Taylor sit 17, play 17 games. We'll have Tyrod Taylor play eight, 17, whatever it may be. And then just think about that. That's the situation I want to avoid because you have a talented player who is there. And by sitting him, like you, you don't know, you might be missing out on something great if you're sitting him for three weeks or for four weeks or five, six, seven, eight, 17, whatever it may be, just for the sake of quote unquote development, which, and we really, other than Mahomes and Rogers, which are two completely different situations, has no, no evidence that that has an effect on a player's uh, overall performance in their future. All right, so let me ask you this then. Because all of this is contingent on the, the one big thing, winning. How much are you winning? How many games are you winning? How are you performing? So I, I'm going to go ahead and say Andy Dalton, I, I'm going to take Matt Nagy's word, and I'm going to go back to my original position. I think the Bears are committed to Andy Dalton starting at least week one. I'm also going to say the Bears lose that game. I'm also going to say I don't think the Bears yank Andy Dalton after one week <laughs> against a tough defense. So how many games do you have to lose after going 0-1 before you get to Justin Fields? Before you say, realistically, like obviously I know, Kevin, you're going to say I yank him immediately and put Justin Fields in week two. I don't think that's going to be the case. And that can be your answer. That's fine. But – realistically, if we're looking at this as an objective, knowing how the Bears operate and knowing how they want to operate in the situation, and let's assume that Andy Dalton's healthy, you know, nothing crazy like Tyrod Taylor happens. Andy Dalton comes out of the Rams game healthy, maybe doesn't have a great game, maybe has an average game, let's say, and going into week two, you have the Bengals, Browns, Lions, Raiders, Packers next, or your next five. How, at what point do you think Justin Fields, if at all, comes into that scenario, depending on how many games you lose? Like, how many games out of those five do you have to lose for Justin Fields to come in? I'm I'm going three. I'm going three. I think the Lions... Three out of five or three three total? Three. uh, Well, like, okay, let's say they lose to the Rams, they lose to the Bengals. They lose to the Browns. I think. I think that Lions. Oh yeah, I would. I would agree with you there. Then yeah, <laughs> sweet, sweet spot. Yeah. So I'm going to be a real pain in the ass and tell you why I'm not answering this question. Why are we talking about sacrificing losses like just for the sake of QB development? Like, do you, this is where I'm coming from, and this is the point well, I, that I think well, we should all be considering. Though, is like we're here talking about, well, how many losses is it going to take? Why are we like? We shouldn't have to sacrifice losses. Why aren't we all in on, on trying? Like, I understand. Like, if I were to answer your question, I'd probably go the same answer as Chris. Like, after the three games, okay? Like, to answer the question. But we shouldn't have to be talking about that because this is a talented team, a team that without Aaron Rodgers in the division should win the NFC North. 
why in the world would we just sacrifice, you know, losses for the sake of just the quote unquote Justin Fields development? Do you know where I'm coming from when I say that? No, I agree with you. I think you shouldn't have to sacrifice games just for, you know, that sake. But I, I just, again, I'm looking at this realistically. I think that's what they will yeah. do. I just I'm worried that the I'm worried that the coaching staff doesn't have that mentality though. You know what I mean? Because then if they don't like clearly which, they which don't mentality? have that mentality. Like that mentality that oh if we start losing like we have to make a change or like that that's oh, I what think matters they will. most. Oh, okay. I think well, they will. They, with Jake, they they oh, will. They will. Chris, you think so too? Yeah, I think so. I mean, did you watch so, last so you year? Think, How many games in a row did we lose with Nick Foles? Yeah, yeah, but that that's different. The that's boat had sailed. The, the boat had sailed on Mitch. They were out on Mitch before the season even began. He he was dead in the water before the the first snap of the season. Well, happened. I, that's that that ship had sailed. Okay, maybe that might be hyperbole, but well, no, you're right. Out, he was out on Mitch Trubisky. Matt Nagy was out on Mitch Trubisky. He was committed See, to trying to do anything that could be an average exactly. offense. Obviously, they didn't get exactly. that. But but you don't you don't trade up nine nine spots to take a guy who's sliding, a guy who went to a national championship game, a guy who was one of the most, if not the most, highly rated prospect at times throughout the whole draft process years before this draft. You don't you don't do that. Before like and then just say okay we're just gonna go zero and seventeen and never put them in that's not gonna happen the, the, and and there will be pressure from the top too ownership no. ownership's gotten to the playoffs two out of the last three years they want they want to do that no if they see a window no that you can there will be pressure from the top one thousand percent oh yeah again yeah. again they stake they they made a move for Justin Fields if Andy Dalton is not doing well and you're losing especially if you lose to the Bengals and the Lions let's say. You're you're cooked. You're done. Yeah. Like, you're, but like, there will be pressure. I think you're kind of. I don't ahead. know. I think I just think I think you're proving my point because it shows that he is he's he's caring more about the situation of the two quarterbacks and you know his allegiance to whatever quarterback than he is about winning football games. And that's when when you look back at the situation last year, like maybe the ship had sailed on Mitchell The ship had sailed after week three. Okay, the ship was sailed. But after two games. Everybody in in the U after three games, we'll say three games because they beat Tampa Bay. Everybody in the universe knew they were a better team with Mitch Trubisky, not only because it was evident on the play on the field, but because of the record with with each with each quarterback. And he, he waited four more weeks to make the right decision. Like I don't have, I don't. So that's why I say you're proving my point when you say, oh well, like he's thinking about this Justin Fields development, like he's thinking about the Andy Dalton situation and all this, and he's pressured from the top. And you know, why is it the pressure? Like it has to, it has to be about winning and losing football games. Like that has to be the number one thing. Justin Kaufman, our producer, made a great point on Wednesday, and this is it, it, I've never heard this take before, and it might be a little bit far fetched. It's kind of crazy, but like the Kansas City Chiefs very well could have won the Super Bowl. If Patrick Mahomes started year one, like it, it, it's 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 quite a possibility, and no one had I've never heard that take before. But never, but never in my life. But you have to think about it this way: that will never be brought up because what happened? They did win a Super Bowl. Well, you know that would never mean? be it will never be brought up. It will never be brought up because the Chiefs had success that year. Like, well, exactly. it would never be brought up. Number one, because they won the Super Bowl the year after, but that year it wasn't like a terrible year. Like, I think they went eleven and five, and they lost to Tennessee in the first round, which they shouldn't have lost. But like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, it like the, Justin Fields will not sit six, 17 games. So maybe it's a bad example, but it just goes back to that point of like, man, you like it's just. 
I don't, I, it should well, be okay, about. Kevin, let me offer you this then. We talk about, and we've talked about on the show, how this team could be very well be a top 10, top five defense even. And there's talent on this team. There's nothing to say that Andy Dalton can't get this team to the playoffs because God damn it, Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky did. Okay. You know so I mean? there you go. Oh, sorry. So go ahead, Chris. Talk about that success that the Chiefs had. And no. then they won the Super Bowl the year after. You know, it, it could be very well. And we're talking about this hypothetical, like, okay, how many games do you have to lose? Okay, why are you sacrificing losses? Blah, 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 blah. But, I mean, if you go 10-7 and 7 or 11-6 and 6 and you make the playoffs, who cares about those six losses? Yeah, that's a good point. I, I was going to bring up another hypothetical. Um, and I – look, don't, don't, like, go crazy on me here. But let's just say Justin Fields does start week one. And, you know, we're three, four games in and he's struggling. Then what? It, it, say, say, if Justin Fields starts week one and he starts struggling? Yeah, if he's struggling for, let's say, three, four weeks. Then I mean, this, is a no, this should be a no-brainer to absolutely everybody. You stick, you stick with that. Like, I, it's, be, so, I, the that, reason— That's kind of like I, asking— that's kind of like asking what would have happened if Justin Herbert had struggled, although different because yeah. Tyrod Taylor wasn't even there. Or no, he was no, that year, right? Uh, was he? I, he I don't know. If he, came, he probably came back. Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor. Taylor I think he did come back. Yeah, he was. He was. Now, I, I look like an idiot. And the reason why I look like an idiot, I think the reason Chris asked this question is like, if they truly were value winning and losses, and if the Bears were losing with fields, like they would substitute, they would, they would put in Dalton, right? If they were truly yeah. thinking about winning and losing, but. You know, I, this is, again, I'm, I'm under the assumption, I'm under the assumption that Justin Fields is going to be, it would be the better option for the team to have success. Like I could be wrong about that. And if I'm wrong and it derails my whole argument, it derails my, all of my line of thinking, but that's, that's the way I'm looking at it. But Chris, like you have, you have to stick with him, right? If you start like in the event that that happens, you have to stick with him regardless, even though I know that goes against what I kind of argue. Yeah, hundred percent. And no I'm just saying that to say, like, I I think the main thing is they're just being cautious. Like, I just think that's really all it is. But so, but like, what's the reasoning to be cautious though? Like, for because the reasons for safety yeah. reasons. Like, yeah, but I that's mean, see, I don't, I don't really. But the thing is, like, the the cautious card to me again, like, what evidence do you have to give me that the cautious card is the reasonable card to play? Because I, mean, I, I really I really can't think of a time where we can go back into history and say, well, this player sat three games and now he's the greatest player of all time. Yada yada yada. Tom Brady. But you have it with Patrick Mahomes. You have well, that. Okay, example. but again, so again, that's the, that's Didn't why Lamar this. Jackson sat for most of the year too. Yeah, Lamar Jackson sat for like half of his rookie year too. Yeah, yeah, I think but he did. so he did. And like, but the thing is, like. There's no, there's not necessarily that, like, there's, there's no correlation going both ways. Like, there's no correlation that him sitting that amount of games is the reason he was week one, or the reason he was, uh, he became the MVP of the league. You know, there may not be a correlation that a player starting week one is the, is the player he is. But that's what I'm saying. Like, if there's no correlation, and they're like, why, why would we play the, why, why would you play the cautious card? If there truly was no correlation all the way around. Say there was no correlation any any way, whether he sat 17, sat 8, sat 5, started week 1. No correlation all around, and we knew this as a fact. What would you do in that situation then? You start on week 1, right? Like, if there, if you if you knew that nothing else mattered and there was no correlation, then you'd start on week 1. So that's my point. It's like, again, it's this is why I said to kick it off. It's binary to me. It's binary. 
I there and no universe well, also I'd like to games, but I'd like to bring up the situation and I've said this on the show before situations are situational look at Lamar Jackson look at Patrick Mahomes even look at Justin Herbert you know because his thing was like a freak thing is kind of why he ended up playing what they all had in common is they were capable average to above average quarterbacks in front of them. Yeah, Joe Flacco was at the end of his career. Yeah, Tyra Taylor is, you know, however you feel about him. Alex Smith was a playoff quarterback. Now you have Andy Dalton in this situation. That kind of correlates there as opposed to a Deshaun Watson, as opposed to a uh, Josh Allen. These guys who come in right away okay. and they're the starter and they're the guy. Situations are situational. The fact of the matter is the Bears believe that they can win games with Andy Dalton. I also believe that theory. Now, now the thing is that we're picking apart here is the number of wins. We don't know. We, we won't know the answer to that question until the season ends and it wraps up and whoever is the starter and we'll have that sample size of games. Maybe Justin Fields starts 10 of them. Maybe he starts three of them. The thing is, we don't know. I'm, I'm choosing to believe that Andy Dalton still has enough juice left in him where he has a capable offensive line, he has a capable running game, and he has the talent around him, which he only had really two of those things and really only one and a half because – you know, the offensive line didn't help Dallas's run game. And also he was concussed to hell last year. Um, I still believe Andy Dalt can be a guy that can win you football games. And for that reason, I'm fine buying into the bears process here. Is it the right process? No, probably not. I would, I re- would there be more juice and excitement seeing Justin Fields week one? Yes. But again, realistically, we're looking at this in the vein of they brought in Andy Dalton for a reason. They have continually doubled down on Andy Dalton saying that he's the starter. Yes, has there been some ambiguous language from Nagy? Yes, of course there has. But that's what he always does. He always uses ambiguous language. Always since day one that he got here. He has used ambiguous language when talking about starters, when talking about games, when talking about what they're going to do. He has always, even when talking about who was calling plays last year, for God's sake ambiguous language that you don't know what the hell he's saying and what the hell he's not saying. And we've clowned him for that before. And rightfully so. I look at the results of last season, especially with the play calling scenario, but the bears clearly believe that with the pieces they have in place, Darnell Mooney, Allen Robinson, the offensive line, David Montgomery breaking out last year, they believe that Andy Dunn can win them football games. I still, again, I believe that to be the truth as well. How many, we don't know. I still think Justin Fields is going to see the field at some point, whether that's because of an injury, because of Andy Dalton and his concussion issues from last year resurface, or it's because he's just not playing well. I don't know. That remains to be seen. But I think the Bears have a plan here. And if we're being realistic about it, they're going to try and stick to that plan until the plan is no longer working. I agree. I agree with that. Uh, so there's multiple things here about that. Number one, I think the situation itself might be different. I mean, it might, it might be comparable to the Chiefs situation because the Chiefs didn't expect to get Patrick Mahomes. But in April, five days, three, four, freaking ten minutes before the draft, the, the plan was Andy Dalton's the starter. That was the plan for months up until, you know, draft night at 8 p.m. Central Time when it started. That was the plan. Andy Dalton's the guy. And then Justin Fields drops to you, and they're they're trying to cling on to the plan. They're trying to cling on to it. But to me, you just can't. I mean, think about it this way, too. Like the way I'm seeing it is the way we've the way the Bears have looked at their team the past few years is settling for average. Like that, that's the way it looks like for me. It's like, oh yeah, you, you could win games with Andy Dalton. You're right. They could, they might, but 
you know, say you go 10 and 7. You get to the playoffs and you get bounced in the first round. Okay, is that a, is that a victory? Are we talking about victories here for that? No. The Chiefs said the same exact thing the year they drafted Patrick Mahomes. Again, I do think it's sort of a different situation as well because at the time people didn't believe Patrick Mahomes was a, as ready of an NFL quarterback as um, as Justin Fields now is. Also, Alex Smith had been there for a longer period of time, and they had believed in that system. It wasn't a guy who's coming in year one, and now this is the way it is. So that And his relationship with the head coach, those things are all true. But the Chiefs probably said the same exact thing. We're, gonna, we're just going to let Mahomes sit. We know Alex Smith can win us football games. We know we can, you know, go 11 and 5 and potentially make a run. And then you get bounced in the first round to a Titans team and you shouldn't have lost the game. So that that that's that's the way I see it is like you're 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 just you're what are you settling for? You're settling for average. You're settling for average for absolutely no reason. Well, like there is who's no to, who's to say that the Chiefs and internally weren't saying, "Okay, if Alex Smith is average, we're going to replace him with Mahomes." Who's to say that, you know? What do you mean? Like, like we're sitting here saying, all right, if Andy Dalton struggles or if he's average, you know, okay, yeah, we know he's had a history of winning previously, but if he struggles and we're going to put fields in, yeah, that's, that's a scenario we're exploring. You know, the chiefs drafted Mahomes that high for a reason, you know what I mean? So there is, you know, reason to believe that you could realistically say the chiefs might've been having those conversations about Alex Smith. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this guy's over the hill. Oh, he doesn't have any more. You know, it, he. We know he can win us games, but if he doesn't, then he's going to be replaced. And then he just so happened to take them eleven and five into the playoffs. So there's no reason to believe that the Chiefs weren't having the same discussions. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, I mean, there's fairness to that, but like that's that that's the beautiful thing about hindsight, though. Is like, were those discussions then? You know, in, was their intuition well, we're also incorrect? Chiefs fans, you know what I mean? So we we're not, we're not, we're not Chiefs fans, fans. Chiefs right? But, and I should probably, I really should stop using this example because the example itself is so shitty and it's really just, it's, it's not comparable at all to the situation. And that's why the average person who walks up to you and, and asks, you know, me or Chris or you, Jake, or, you know, oh, who do you, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you guys get this question all the time, knowing that we're doing Bears podcast, knowing that we're talking about the Bears on social media, stuff like that. Like people ask me these questions and they're like, well, you know, and I say, I think he's going to start week one. And people are like, well, why, you know, why doesn't he do Mahomes? Why, why not sit 17 games? Look at how it worked out for them. Like, for that sake, you know, I, I probably shouldn't compare the two situations because they are so different. But nonetheless, you know, I, that, look, man, you know, we, we've explored a lot of different hypotheticals, a lot of different options. And the one thing I think we kind of came to is like, there's not, there's nothing conclusive here. Like there's nothing conclusive. A million different things can happen. So why why can't a million different things happen before training or before the start of the season? Like I truly think we're gonna keep exploring this. We're gonna keep dissecting this, and we're gonna start to still see things to change. I mean, Jake, you admitted that once once that competition came around, and once um, you had you had the two players side by side, things would change, and that did. And now the only reason we're having this conversation as well is one quote. We have from Matt Nagy one singular quote. Once we start to go down and we start to show videos on our Twitch live shows on Wednesday at 8 p.m., we start to have you know more media people like Adam Hogue come on and give their opinions. We start to have more players like Daz Newsom come on the show and, and talk about certain things. It's it's going to change once you have more evidence and when we have more things to talk about than just one quote on a podcast that was really not the most. Can, you know, he didn't say that with the most conviction uh, about the way he truly felt. 
Fair. Fair, yeah. Wait and see. I, I think Wait and see. There's, I think it's there's no right answer. Yeah. There's no right answer. I could true. I look, I, I could be dead wrong. I mean I could I, I, I may be dead wrong. I, I may be totally wrong about this and but Knowing you know you that's, probably are. I probably well hey now <laughs> I wouldn't say that. You know, we don't have to talk about the whole Foles Trubisky thing before last year. I was right about that. For, I was right about that before the season. Before the season. I mean we were and we then, were all wrong. With Foles and Trubisky, if you think about it. Well, technically. That's oh, true. I was, yeah. We were technically all wrong. I was probably the most wrong about it, though. Um, so, yeah, shame on me. But you know what I mean? Like, there's, it's just, I, I could look like a complete idiot, but what's the fun in, you know, not having a, a, a solid, convicting, you know, uh, take? You know what I mean? So, that's where I'm at. Chris, I think what happened here is that the departure of Mitch Trubisky left a huge hole in Kevin's fandom that he's just oh, now filling with Justin Fields. Good that hole was filled on draft night. It, that hole was <laughs> it, it was over. It, they they drilled a new hole on on. Oh, on, oh I'm clipping this. They. <laughs> <laughs> all right, before we close it out, all right, people are furious. At their bid to buy the Arlington racetrack, a move that is seen as them wanting to get out of the city. This is a topic that we broached uh, a couple of weeks ago on this show and that we talked about, about the Bears potentially moving to Arlington Heights. And now uh, that at the time we talked about that this was one report and that we hadn't heard anything about it and that nobody really came out. But now the Bears themselves made a statement that they've submitted a bid to buy the Arlington Heights Racetrack, not in use right now, so it's looking to be renovated. The city uh, is trying to sell it off to the highest bidder. And, uh, uh, you know, we don't know if their bid was the highest, but you have to think that when you're the Chicago Bears, you can probably top most offers that are coming in. Easily. Uh, I think I I would have to look at the Forbes list. I need if someone wants to fact check me where they are in the the uh, most valuable sports franchise in the U.S. But I think we talked about this. I think they're top 15 for sure, I think, somewhere around there. So, yes, I mean, if you're, they're going to have the highest bid. And that's why this is kind of like, well, uh, you know, people are saying, oh, it's just a bid. You know, well, you know, it, it, it's just a bid. But as Jake says, like, yeah, it's just a bid. But who's outbidding the McCaskies and the Chicago Bears for that property? And if they really – and, like, the way they phrased it was – we are, you know, if we get it, we are going to further evaluate and, you know, evaluate the, the property for further purposes, right? And, and that's that's the wording that they used. Like, I don't know how much I buy that. Like, what, what are you going to buy it for? Like, you're not going to put house hall there. You just spent millions of dollars to renovate house hall. You're not just going to throw training camp there just to be there for two months. Like, if they were to actually buy that and put the bid in there for the race course, they are going to build a new stadium. And this is something I, I'm, I'm vehemently against this. I, I, I have been for a while, and I've been fearing this kind of thing. Now, here's one thing to remember, though. They are locked in to the Soldier Field lease through 2033. So I don't know if there's any way they could get out of that, but it looks like if they were going to, you know. Yeah, Captain, there is. It's called cutting the city a big fat check. That's, well, you, that's well, the way how, you got it. <laughs> how worth it is. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it depends because. Well, if you're, this, the Bear, if you're the Bears and you think, okay, we can host the next Super Bowl here, we can host more concerts here, we can host events here, then it, it's very worth it for you, especially if you could get a Super Bowl there. Because that's what yeah. they're banking on. In the grand scheme of this situation, they're banking on getting a Super Bowl there. Because then like, they pay. Why, 
in that one in that one week. I mean, the the idea of a new stadium is super cool to me. Um, and you know, I haven't. I when I lived there, I did not. Um, I was not in Arlington Heights all that much. Um, but I mean, I've read that there's a lot of sp- a lot of space there. Um, so I mean, I don't know. The idea of a new stadium I, is is intriguing to me. Well, what does that mean? A lot of space. Why? Why do I care about space in Arlington Heights? Why does somebody? Why? Why would tell me why anybody would care about space? You know what? Like I, th- I saw this on Twitter and I thought it was so great. It's like, all right, you know, after the Bears win on Sunday, I'm gonna or Thursday or Monday. I'm oh, I'm I'm just gonna go drive two hours back home from Arlington Heights. Like yeah. okay, I mean like. You, like you're not going to develop. You're not like you're not going to. Well, get well that's the part. Like, that's the part of the thing. You you buy that whole. I mean, that's a spacious area. So I know. And you're looking. And you're looking at. Well, here's the thing, and I think this is a very important thing to think about. It because you could build a new stadium there and keep the racetrack. So that racetrack, you keep that foundation there. You could easily build a casino there, or a sports book, or whatever, what have you. So if you're thinking of making the surrounding area a whole experience if you could you're, if you're going to try and sell a whole experience because like you said kevin you pour out of the gates after a win or something all right where are you going to go back home no all right you got a casino here you got a sports book there you can go there's a, a array of restaurants whatever if they're planning on developing the whole strip there if you want to call it that or the whole park let's call it then you could easily sell that as a, as a whole entertainment experience even if you're not going to the game because you know people will go to that sports book. Because I mean, currently the sport, the current sports books you have are Northwest Indiana, Aurora, and Southern Illinois. So you put one in Arlington Heights, people are going to go. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I just I, so there's okay, so there's that argument. It's you know, okay, and, and you make a good point there about what they could do with the surrounding area. I don't know how much they could do. Jake makes a good point, but then there's the other argument. It's like okay. You know, Soldier Field is so hard to get to. It's oh, it's it takes it's a pain in the ass to get to. And yeah, if you don't take the CTA and you and you drive there, it, it is kind of a pain in the ass. But I, I feel like the ownership like doesn't need to tailor to suburban people here. They don't need to tailor to anybody. Like making the stadium easier to get to isn't th- th- shouldn't matter for the organization because regardless of whether it takes me or anybody four hours to get to Soldier Field or thirty minutes, they're still gonna sell at the stadium every week. Like I don't, if that's well, truly the okay, argument, so, it's so, an illogical argument because nobody it doesn't matter to the organization. It shouldn't well, matter. So so let me and I, I'm sorry I keep cutting you off, but no, this is a ahead. point I made on on the last episode is that the diehards are gonna go. The, die, yeah. the, the, the last episode that we talked about this, I should say. Well, that's the diehards exactly. are going to get me, you, Chris. We're going to go regardless. They are trying to tailor to the suburban people. They're trying to get the people who are up north and in the northwest suburbs to say the people who are normally go, oh, I, you know, the people in Schaumburg and in Arlington Heights and in Romeoville. And so it's like, oh, we're not going to go all the way to the city. You know, then we got to come all the way back. The diehards from the city are going to show up. They, they'll take the metro. They'll those drive. Those people will show up too, dude. Those what, people will show but, up too. But, they have but, for the past 50 years. What's the I'm drive? Talking, what's the drive from Arlington Heights to Chicago? Like 45 minutes? To the uh, center of the city, it's yeah. at least an hour and five minutes. Yeah, I I live by Wrigley Field. I I live a couple blocks west of Wrigley Field, and it's about an hour from me. Okay. I mean, man, but that's I what just, I'm saying, I, Kevin. Like, like you got those people, and especially in the north and northwest suburbs, you got some people with money up there who are going to be maybe a little more inclined to buy a box or a package 
as opposed to like me, you or Chris, who are just going to buy, you know, five, six tickets with our friends, you know? Yeah. And we'll just be happy to be there. They're trying to, they're trying to get the people who aren't the diehards because they know the diehards are going to show up. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that, yeah, go ahead. Chris. Yeah. That, that was, that was basically what I was going to say. Like, I mean, if, if people want to go watch bears games, they're going to go watch bears games. And that's just really how I see it. I, for me personally, I, I really like, um, it's just that the whole, you know, a bigger stadium, a, a nicer stadium, um, a newer stadium. Like, I think that just helps with the fan experience. So yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I'm see, I disagree. I disagree. Yeah. Like there is something you've been, you, you've been a soldier field. Jake's been a soldier field. We've all yeah. been through that experience of being on the lakefront. It's got the, it's the, it's the most scenic view in the NFL. There is something special about being down there in the city with the fans. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but being in the city of Chicago with the fans while you are physically in the city, like it's, it's an, I can't describe it in any singular way, but there is a way it feels that I think it would feel different if you were an hour away from the city, 29 miles. Like the thing, the other argument is, well, you know, MetLife isn't even in the same, same state as New York, but the Giants and the Jets play there and there's no problem. Listen, MetLife is eight miles away. From Manhattan, it's a 35-minute drive. It's not that far. It's right across the river that separates New Jersey and New York. Uh, <clears throat> Cowboy Stadium is 25 minutes from the center of Dallas. Not far at all. You know, I don't know why. Like Arlington Heights is 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 not just. It's if it were Northbrook or Evanston or one of those northern suburbs that's like you know 20, 30 minutes away from the center of the city. I'd be more open to it, but we're talking about something that's extremely far. You're going to lose that city feel. You're going to lose that tradition, man. And that, like, that's what, like, I understand the financial aspect of it. And that is what is driving all of these decisions. That's obviously the thing that is on the top of, of any franchise's mind is what is going to help us financially in the future. I wish that wasn't the way the world worked, but that's the way the world works. But I, I, you know, there's something about the history of Soldier Field, the tradition of it, just the atmosphere of it, that all of those things, you are going to lose every single one of those things if you move the same to Arlington Heights. I, 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 is there any, like, do you agree with that at least? Yeah. Like, you're going 100%. to lose that history and tradition. And that's 100%. important. Like, yeah. is that valuable? Because for some reason, I've had this conversation with a bunch of people since this news came out, and there's a lot of people who say they don't really care about that. But for some reason, I do care about it. Am I the only one? No, no. I mean, you're right. That that's a great point. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there. It like Soldier Field is Soldier Field. You know what I mean? And, and like, there's no, there's no way around that. Um, that's a good point, man. That's a very good point. See, I, I do disagree with that statement to an extent because if you're losing your tradition just based on moving your stadium then there's an argument to be had that you don't deserve to have a football team at all. If your tradition of your team and your lifestyle of your team completely centers around where they're playing in the state or in the city, you know what I mean? Like the tradition arguably comes from the fans and from the experience is made by the fans. So, I mean, look at what we just went through in 2020 with no fans, no atmosphere. Yeah. Sports were still great and we had great moments in them, but we can all agree that the fans not being there took away a lot of those elements. Your tradition and your experience is made by the fans and by who's going there. And like I just said a couple minutes ago, we're all still going to go there. You're going to find a way. The people who want to be there, the people who are 
up in arms about moving to Soldier Field. Yeah, we're going to bitch about it and we're going to grumble about it. But at the end of the day, we're still going to go to the game. We're still going to tailgate. We're still going to go freeze our asses off in the middle of January because that is the tradition of Chicago Bears football. That is the tradition and lifestyle of Bears fandom. That's what we're built on. That's not going to go away because we're still going to haul our asses there. And if you're telling me the people from the city wouldn't love to take a Metro home with a car full of Bears fans drunk off their asses singing bear down Chicago bears, then you are out of your mind friendo, because that would be an elite experience. So no matter what, but you know what I mean? Like coming, like think about, think about that. You're coming back from a bears game, a big bear bears went against the Packers, Justin Fields, through a game-winning touchdown. First of all, you're going to celebrate in the parking lot regardless if it's in Arlington Heights or Chicago anyway. <laughs> then you get to board a Metro train with a bunch – and granted, it's not going to be the CTA. You board the L with a bunch of people. What's the That's what I'm saying. Difference? It's not the CTA. It's not so the what's L. The that's what I'm saying. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. There's no difference. You're still going to keep those same elements. It's not going anywhere. It's the same thing. Well, you're, you're keeping that tradition yeah. in those elements. Yeah. I get, so, so you agree that it's not going anywhere. Whether well, it's no, CTA because that's, that's such an obscure niche thing. Like taking, like, yeah, you're right. But like, I'm like, there's, there's a difference too. When you think about the stadiums here, like if we were comparing say MetLife stadium was in the center of Manhattan, it wouldn't be the same because there's history to soldier field. There's something special about the stadium itself and what it represents. And I think that's where I'm coming from. Like that stadium represents a lot more than just, you know, a, a than just plopping a sporting stadium in the middle of the city. Like there, there's history to it. There's just an aura around it. You know, they just put up the wall. I know they, it's not like they can't move statues, but you just put up the Walter Payton, the George Hallis statue. You drive down it when you're going through Lakeshore Drive, when you're coming into the city, you drive past it when you're going out of the city southbound. Like, it's I, I, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it is not going to be the same. And, and, that's it, like think about it too like you want to talk about traveling again and commuting and oh you know all these fucking people that have to drive into chicago oh what a fucking pain in the ass right sorry for all this cursing but i'm i feel so passionate about this okay you get to drive in and witness the most beautiful city in the world when you're driving in if i want to drive out to arlington heights i'm looking at cornfield for an hour like what are we talking about here okay. when we're using it's this not, commute it's argument not, it's not champagne illinois dude like <laughs> Not okay, but it's 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 Illinois. suburban housing. It's not. It's come on. You get to drive I, through I, on Lakeshore I, Drive. I, and get to I the agree game. with you, but we're we're getting, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves talking about cornfields and stuff. Like <laughs> okay, cornfield might have been I an think, exaggeration, but you point. get the gist You're, of it. I, no, I get your point. I get your point. <laughs> so you wanted to move? Like let's let our final. No, no, like no, if no, they no, were to no, make no, a decision, no, no, no. No, I mean, you know how I am. I'm the rational realist guy when it comes. I was with the Andy Dalton situation, which we'll get to in a little bit. And I am with this, like the bears want out. There's more revenue to be had by moving. That's that, that stadium is smaller than most. It's not an ideal location. According like outside of view and outside of experience, it's not in a great location. It's smaller than it's one of the smallest stadiums a new stadium and then it puts you on the map for a Super Bowl which as i said you get a Super Bowl there that week that Super Bowl week you've paid that stadium off uh, uh, 10 times over by the time Super Bowl Sunday rolls around so uh, i'm just okay, thinking well, in the way well, and especially okay. because you have the mayor of Chicago saying okay yeah what do you look at you idiots yeah what's wrong with you <laughs> like, pushing them out the door 
So, yeah, like I'm just looking at this objectively and realistically because, yeah, you know, we've said this on the show before. While we're fans, we also have to look at this in a realistic scope. And the realistic scope of this is the Bears would not have made a statement if they weren't serious. Yeah. You're right. I mean, you're you're right. Like the realistic, like if I were to place my bets on it, I, okay, I don't know. I think it's like 50-50 that they move to Arlington Heights. Like, I don't know for sure. I would yeah. say about 50-50, okay? But, like, it's not like – the fi- again, the financial aspect is there. But you bring up the Super Bowl thing, okay? And, and you bring that up, right? And, they okay, they pay off the money for the Super Bowl. And, and then how great is that week going to be? And, oh, it's going to be so exciting. What's going to be exciting about it? You're standing in Arlington Heights for a fucking week. What's exciting about that? Yeah, I don't care if you build a sports bar or a casino. Imagine the events they could do in Grant Park. Imagine the events they they have done in the past, like the NFL draft and those kind of things inside of the city. Like it's it's like if anything, it doesn't. You know, the Super Bowl would be. I'd rather but have a Super Bowl in a smaller Soldier Field the, the inside is, the city than a bigger stadium in Arlington Heights. Easily it, by it's, far. It's the Super Bowl, though. It's the biggest event in the world. You're gonna have everybody. Your media row is still yeah, gonna but, be there. People are gonna still going to come. It's just, it's not, do you remember Miami? Well, like I, that one sticks out to me because, you know, as we're in this journalism field and this media world, I started to meet a lot of people around that time. And I had a lot of friends and a lot of people I knew who were down in Miami for that Super Bowl experience, for that Super Bowl week. And just their experience, just being down in the city. And then, you know, the Hard Rock Stadium is not far from the center of Miami. I was there for the national championship. It's not that bad of a commute. Um, Wait, did you go to Ohio State? Oh, God, here we go. Did you go to U of I? This is the first time I'm hearing about you going to the national championship. You what? I hate you. I That's hate crazy. You. Um, but, but, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, they had events on South Beach. They had events in the center of the city. It was the Miami experience. And, like, people regarded that as, you know, media people who were there for a long time, like, one of the best Super Bowl experiences. And largely, large in part because of that city experience not because hard rock stadium is a great stadium not because of the surrounding area of hard rock which is really nothing honestly they had their practice facility there but it's nothing like that is that's what i'm trying to get at here and i know these uh, people listening probably well these are just such little things but these are these are real things and those are things that i i keep thinking about that you know for some reason i care about but um i mean in reality yeah the money's there like i i will not deny the fact that is it a logical decision financially? Yes. Will you get a bigger stadium? Yes. All these things are true. And I'm not denying that. But for me, like as a fan, I know I'm not the owner of the team. And if I was the owner of the team, I may think differently. I don't care. As a fan, I don't care about what's best financially for, for the McCaskies. Why? Like, I really don't care. I don't care what is best financially for the Ricketts. And, you know, a lot of people in a lot of ways thought they've destroyed Wrigleyville in certain ways and things like that. I don't care. Why do I care about the money that the franchise and, you know, that the organ that the owners who are already billionaires are generating? Honestly, why do I care? Yeah. Chris, I mean, where like, are you at on this? Like Chris, you you haven't drawn a definitive line in the sand here. Cuz it's so it's so tough, man. Like I I just see both sides to it. Um I don't know. I I mean, if you were to ask me right now, I think I would say no, but I, I just, I like Jake brought up some really good points and, and I think we have to be open-minded about it. Um, yes. But, yes. but, but like Kevin is right. Like there is something special about soldier field and it's, it's something that, you know, it's hard to really put your finger on it, but you just feel it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's where I'm at. 
the I don't know. I, I just think there's, it, it just seems like they want out now. Like if this, uh, I don't know. And, and the thing is here I, too, here, here's the thing as well. It's not like, okay, let's say tomorrow they announce, okay, the Chicago bears have won the bidding for the Arlington racetrack. The stadium's not going to be built the next day. You're still going to have probably definitely one, probably two more seasons at soldier field. Uh, four. Four. Probably. Yeah. I mean, to, well, because it's not yeah, just like, okay, you can start, well, it will take at least two to three years to build the actual stadium, but you also have to figure out like, you know, the contracting of it and all those kind of things that probably takes. Right, so well, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Even seasons. if they announce it tomorrow, like, all right, the bears won. All right, get your contracts in place. So yeah, I mean, you're still looking at, even if they win the bidding, which they probably won't announce for a few more months anyway, mm. you're looking at th- like three, four more years down the line until you're even ready to host a game there. So, yeah. I, I mean, this and, – and again, this might not even be a thing. Who knows? Maybe there's some, you know, someone, some billionaire out there that wants the racetrack really, really badly for God knows what reason. Like, I mean, it's no guarantee the Bears even win this bid or the Bears might have gone in low. They, they might not feel so strongly that they put in a, a huge bid either. That's actually a good point. You know, we don't yeah. we don't know what they're where they're at with it. Right. Like to, to our like, that's actually a good, really good point, because, again, we've kind of made it seem like they're all in on this simply because they bid. But maybe they just kind of wanted to, you know, see what was available. They're going to put in something kind of slight. And then if it gets blown out of the water, it gets blown out of the water. And then it's like, you know, they're probably not going to up the offer after that. But I, I, that, I don't know. It's just a possibility. Yeah. Man. All right. Well, have we all, have we all expunged our emotions about the potential move? <laughs> we, we have, good? we have, we have. Kevin, you okay? I'm, I'm fine. No, I'm not <laughs> fine. It's not okay. <laughs> Start a hashtag. Hashtag not to Arlen. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sure there is one floating out around out there. I did Probably. see somebody say, this is my last point on, on this. I did see somebody say that if the bears move, the white Sox should move into soldier field or where it's at. I don't hate that idea at all. That'd be kind of cool. And I'm not I even a white Sox fan. Yeah. I don't hate that idea. I mean, guaranteed rate is, is just, you know, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's a fine, it's, not, it's a fine stadium. It's just, yeah, it's, it's a fine stadium. It's just like, it's just, yeah. you know, I don't know. It doesn't excite you. It, it will really, the, the main thing for that too is like, you're, you're constantly going to be compared to the stadium that's on the north side, which is also one of the true. best stadiums, if not the and, best in and, the country. So. And then if and then if you go on the lake, that's yeah, that puts you in a prime. Anyway, uh, especially for home runs, as San Francisco has found out. But I digress. <laughs> New listeners, join the Twitch stream, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on Wednesdays. I will be making my return to the Twitch stream. Chris will be making his return to the Twitch stream after a week hiatus. So for myself, for Kevin, for Chris... Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to us ramble and yell at each other. We always appreciate you guys tuning in to this, whether it's the podcast, whether it's the Twitch stream. We appreciate all of you. We will see you again on Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. As always, bear down. Yeah.